We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. From the Clark Ford Studio in Oxford, Mississippi, MBW Digital proudly presents the Oxford Exxon Podcast. I'd say thanks for tuning in, but why am I going to give you a round of applause for something you're supposed to do, to be frank? And now, here are your hosts, Chase Parm. And broadcast school has really paid off. And Neil McCready. I deserve to be on TV. Welcome in. Thursday edition, Oxford Exxon Podcast. Chase Barm, Neil McCready, Clark Board Studio. Jeffrey Wright joining us for his weekly appearance as uh, as well. Ole Miss falling to Alabama last night, 103-88 from the Pavilion. Um, Rebels won. They desperately had to have to hold any regular season hope of getting back on the bubble. Now it's very simple as it's been for the last few years, win four games at least in four days. There in Nashville from an NCAA tournament bird. So we'll discuss uh, the Crimson Tide's electric offense uh, last night inside the pavilion. They go over 100 points again on the season. Also, uh, across campus, almost baseball knocks off Missouri State last night, 12 to 3, running their win streak to four with the Iowa Hawkeyes coming to town this weekend. So, uh, all that as well as uh, a new proposal for the college football playoff. But like every day, we get a new proposal and a little more stuff. So we'll uh, we'll dive into that a little bit, including uh, the conferences speaking about each other in the media a little bit for the first time. So we're starting to get the hurt feelings coming out a little bit in these uh, in these roundtable discussions that are going to end up being just the SEC and the Big Ten getting whatever the hell they want. So all that and more coming up on the show. The Oxford Exxon Highway Six West in Oxford. Blue Sky locations up and down I fifty five throughout North Mississippi as well. Got the big superstore going up in Macomb right now. Got a lot of Sweet Daddy's locations to get your ribs and your pulled pork around the state of Mississippi as well. And again, coming to you from the Clark Ford studio. We are. Clark Ford is in Amory, Mississippi, 662-257-1900. Listen, it's the end of the month. So a lot of times that means that dealers like Corey need to get vehicles off the lot. Today's a day that you really ought to make the call. Just check it out. See if there's if you think you're in the uh, market for a vehicle. If you know you're in the market for a vehicle, if you're just curious. Today would be a good day to make that call. Again, it's the end of the month. You need to move inventory. Uh, 662-257-1900. Just call Corey. Tell him what you're thinking about. See what's going on. It's that simple. You'll be thrilled if you do because they get great service, great vehicles. Um, Corey and the people at Clark Ford would love to build a long-term relationship with you. They'll prove to you what that means when you make that call. 662-257-1900. Jeffrey Wright. All other guests join on the Campbell Clinic hotline. The Campbell Clinic's in Oxford now, 2608 South Lamar Boulevard, Suite 102, just across the street. From the cottages at Hooper Hollow, the Campbell Clinic provides full-service orthopedic care. 
everything from sports medicine to foot and ankle surgery to spine and total joint care to pediatric orthopedics, physical therapy, and more. Go to CampbellClinicOxford.com or call 901-759-3111. Walk-ins always welcome at the Campbell Clinic Monday through Friday, 7.30 a.m. to 4 p.m. Jeffrey, you uh, you taught me something this morning. I, I knew about the uh, the pup cups at the Starbucks. I was not aware that Chick Fil A would give out dog treats for your uh, your girl Carly in the back seat there. Yeah, I don't believe it's uh, like I don't know if it's like a national policy, but I'll tell you what right. it's it started in Oxford. The Chick Fil A in Oxford, where I like they would they would start asking me, but. Now you can just straight up order it. They've even got it like on the little iPad thing. Oh, really? Yeah. So I oh. I forgot today because I've got like a million things on my mind. But uh, yeah, if you, if you get to the window, just ask if they have dog treats. You uh you, you impressed me with your fast food acumen, which not your first rodeo. They were they were out of one of your items, and you were ready for that Plan B pivot just immediately there. That that, that was some oh. expert stuff. Not not the first time through the line there, bud. Chase, sometimes yeah. you can you can see two high safeties and you think it's covered too. Well, guess what? Sometimes they roll to three. We got to have a plan. <laughs> oh, it was uh, it was good stuff. Sounds like it was busy as always, as it as it is. So, <sighs> I, I'll tell you what, though. I mean, yeah. I know it's partly because hey, they're not really special making a lot, but I am still just always impressed at how quickly a line. A line of two people at Popeye's can take longer than a line of 15 cars at Chick-fil-A. Just hear me out here. Put Chick-fil-A in charge of the American electoral system. We'll have the results by 9 p.m. and everybody can go to bed. It, it, well, it was, it was even last night. Like I was at the basketball game. Somebody goes, you know, they're building that new Chick-fil-A over there off Sisk. And, you know, they cleared ground. They started building the same day. And I'm like, no kidding. Really? You're you're surprised at the efficiency of the construction of the Chick-fil-A going up compared to the other buildings over there. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm blown away by that. If Chick-fil-A man manned all of the voter booths around the country, people, the Just, lines would be efficient. The votes would be counted. And about 8 o'clock that night, they'd say, yeah, here's who won. Here are the numbers. I mean, it would just be so efficient. Yeah, I mean, there's no question, like, we should study them, but instead we have to, you know, worry about their politics, so therefore we can't have them in an election. I would make this argument. Walmart should run everything. Like, you can you can make all the jokes you want, and yeah, the only thing Walmart's not super efficient at is checkout system, but they've realized, like, that in terms of, like, getting down to the core of their business. That's not what matters. But in terms of just getting product and getting a ton of product in and out, it's Walmart has all, never ceased to amaze me at how efficient and operationally superior they are. Man, you ought to see the new facility they're building, their, their new office headquarters, worldwide headquarters thing in Bentonville. It's like a damn city. It's, it's huge. It's incredible. So oh, the, also, there's no the the best is my dad used to teach me this trick. If you live in Northwest Arkansas and you don't do your shopping at Walmart, you're doing it wrong. But because because the corporate offices are right there, uh, they like those WalMarts are just spectacular because the corporate people could step in at any moment and you know ruin your ruin your life. They're so they the, have the they got the fear of God. 
They're the cleanest Walmarts you'll ever walk in. It's it, it is. I'm I'm not typically a Walmart person, and if we're up there and we need to go get something, I'm always like, let's go to Walmart. It, it's it's remarkable how much cleaner they are than just anywhere else. I'm not picking on Oxford or anywhere. Just in general, you're right. If you know, it's like when you were a kid. If if you knew mom was coming up in a minute and and to look at your room, you got your room clean. If you knew mom wasn't coming up for a couple of weeks, you sort of let it go. Um. They know mom could step in at any moment. I, or if I you're get, Gavin yeah. Newsom, if you're Gavin Newsom and you know China's coming this week, you got to clean up the streets of San Francisco. <laughs> That's a great point. <laughs> I, I guess it is in Northwest Arkansas the one place where Walmart is not seen as like yeah, like dirty or whatever, or like the the enemy. It's like it, it's not the corporate boogeyman in the one area of the country. There, I guess no, that's a good it's, point. It's the reason that there's so many yeah, so many jobs. Yeah, fair enough. 300 it's like to, to to be a vendor with walmart jeffrey you probably know this a lot better than i do to be a vendor with walmart you have to have an office within 30 minutes of their corporate office in bentonville and so it's like 358 or 360 i don't remember the number and the number may have changed a little in the last year or two of of the fortune 500 companies have an office within 30 minutes of bentonville because they they need to be vendors with walmart yeah well, I mean, the reality is, if you have any, if you have any retail presence now, because now that they've, you know, they've been in grocery for I don't know what twenty years, twenty like heavily in grocery for twenty twenty five yeah. years. Literally, if you are any, if you have any type of retail presence, you have to do business with them. Yeah, it, it's a forced thing at that point. Um, it's one of the reasons why. I mean, again, getting into this, but I saw like the the you know the. Is it whatever branch of the government it is, or whatever, whatever department they're blocked trying to block that Albertsons Kroger thing? But even when they combine, they have a lower percentage of the business than Walmart does by itself. But it's still like the second and fourth largest grocers or something like that going together, which is why, from a monopoly standpoint, they've they put some blocks on it for that for that merger. But anyway, yeah, I'm actually I know I'm being a hypocrite here. I'm actually I think it's the Department of Justice, right? I think it's the DOJ. Okay. Uh, I am, I am, I do not want, it's like Kroger and cause Kroger is already part of Albert. They already had Albertsons. Um, is it Kroger? They have Safeway too. Uh, no, no it, it's the full Albertsons lineup. They already have Safeway, yeah. but this is like the full Albertsons merger. It's like second yeah. and fourth largest in the country. Of course, I guess I should watch what I say. Kroger's Kroger's put some bread under, under my pillow in my lifetime as well. The Albertsons. Yeah, Idaho were amazing. They had like restaurants attached to them with like bars and stuff. It was remarkable. Yeah, the FTC. That's what I was looking for. Oh, uh, trade mission. Yeah. 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 Okay. Anyway, I, I'm not starting with basketball. Um, Ole Miss lost 103-88 last night to Alabama. We can get into that. I, I kind of enjoy the grocery right store. We, I mean, the HEB. Listen, what are they called? Can, HEB when you go to Texas? Those are fantastic grocery stores. Yeah, too. her. it's the guy's initials. Uh, I mean, if you want to do grocery talk, I mean, you got to remember. Jeffrey, we're all up in the alley here. Like, I mean, this is. If you want to, you want to talk the way store layout, whatnot. Like we can, we can do it uh, all I'm, day. I'm so I mean, tired and I'm so tired and delirious that this is the conversation that's like it's waking me up. I'm like, yes, this is good. I know we got to talk sports. I just, I this was, here, this was here's, a good okay, wake up let, for me. Let's talk some sports because here's here's what I'm curious about. Are we really going to do a 14 team playoff? Well, okay. 
I'm, I'm getting into that, and I'm going to bury the lead a little bit. So there's three All things right. that happened yesterday with this. First, Ross Dellinger comes out, 14-team playoff, as you just said. Um, in this format, Big Ten and SEC, three automatic qualifiers, ACC and Big 12, two each, group of five. Best team would also get a, uh, a spot. Final three at-larges, highest-ranked teams outside of the qualifiers, blah, 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 blah. Supposed to be a compromise for the Big Ten, the SEC, initial proposal, all that kind of stuff. However, then 40 comes back and says that that model is a, quote, attempted overreach by the Big Ten for the two richest conferences to get four bids each. That was not well received. One administrator tells 40 there was pushback on four. That was egregious. Four ain't happening. Direct quote. They're going to get four anyway. I know. Again, getting there. Additionally, Ford notes. 40 notes, uh, one power co conference administrator expressed reservations about marginalizing the group of five leagues and says they're a feeder, feeder system. They feed us players, coaches, games, uh, ADs. Says that uh, once the coaches and athletic directors move up to the power conference level and experience all the advantages, they developed amnesia about where they came from. I still believe in the concept of the greater good, the health of the entire enterprise. That's not where we're going for the moment and maybe haven't for a while. A Darwinian approach is not going to enhance the enterprise. My, my point in saying that is as dumb as that is, is that it gets to this part, which is actually the meat. This is, this is uh, Heather Denich and Pete Thamel at ESPN. Quote, there's an effort to come to an agreement in the coming weeks, but nothing is certain in their potential roadblocks uh, and expected pushback, meaning through automatic qualification, division of money, and how the group will be governed. One source tells them the balance in the room is how to... You could have stopped at division of money. Exactly, yes. The balance in the room is how to recognize contributions of the Big Ten and SEC while being fair and collaborative with the collective room. Perhaps the most important piece of the story says this, quote, one ranking high-ranking official says presidents and chancellors in the SEC and the Big Ten are having conversations about whether to continue their NCAA membership. It's a move <laughs> that would impact and possibly derail the TV agreement. Those conversations are happening, and some feel pretty strongly about pulling away. I would say very strongly as far as revenue distribution for the CFP. As of now, it is centered around the uh, Big Ten and SEC getting 25 to 30, the ACC and Big 12 next at 15 to 30. I mean, 15 to 20, 6 to 10 for everybody else, and then 1% potentially to Notre Dame. Is this literally one more step, or is the SEC and Big Ten floating this simply for negotiating power, either one of you? Well, so that my first question is, in what universe does 14 make sense? Like, to me, it's either 14 kind of falls into the same category for me that that four did, which is it never made sense to begin with. To me, it's either 12 or it's 16. I, I the 14 thing has always just they felt don't like want to get away from buys because they think that there's something about the buys and the regular season and playing and all that crap. And they're trying it to simply it's two more teams than 12 because the more teams in, the more money, the more games, and frankly, the more teams that are kind of happy with their seasons. The, the, so the, the, the only way here's, 14 here's the deal, here's the deal, Jeffrey. The reason they, they don't like 16, and you and I both are on the same page, I, I generally like 16. They think, and they're probably right, that if you go go to 16 teams that the championship games will become exhibitions. Yeah, teams I mean... Teams won't try. Yeah, I mean, I... That, I don't know. I'm going to be... I'm going to go back, take it back 10 years. I'll be hand-raised guy here. Um, 
I think the only reason why they're not doing 16 is that ESPN's saying whatever, whoever the money, whatever the money is, the reason, the only reason that they're not doing 16 is they've basically been told we're not going to pay that much more for 16. If they were going to pay that much more for 16, I think they'd do it. I really find it hard to believe that they're worried about the conference championship games, that they're worried about too many games, whatnot. Like it, they've been pretty, they've been pretty clear on what they care about this entire time. It's just like, how big is the check? That That's kind yeah. of always been my, that's been my default setting. Which leads me to my thought, which is never, I've never really deviated from this. So if I'm wrong, I will just be consistently wrong and I'm cool with it. Um, I don't know what the motivation for the SEC and the Big Ten is to play with everybody else. I, I, I mean, I'm so sick of the word fair. The SEC and the Big Ten are looking at this going, so we have this giant pie. We can have the whole thing to ourselves. We're both greedy. We're both hungry. We like to eat. Why are we volunteering to give some of the pie to the ACC, to the group of five? Why are we giving a sliver to Notre Dame? Notre Dame, if you want pie, join one of our leagues. Uh, why are we giving a piece of pie to the Big 12? Why? It's our pie. We don't have to give it away. I come back to that I every time. The, I, think, I actually think the answer to that is somewhat, is somewhat authentic because I think they're worried about antitrust. Like, I do think they're worried about that. Yeah, you they're better they're off keeping as much money as system. possible, but keeping the entire scope sort of like it currently is. Well, I mean, an anti like think about how much money you'd have to spend in the courts, you know, if if yeah. that is indeed the case. I think I actually think that's what they're worried about. Um, but I just but don't. The, I don't. I see keep why. going back. I keep going back to what I said to y'all. I don't know two weeks ago, and I mean, I've been saying it on my radio show consistently. If I'm these leagues that you just mentioned that are not the SEC. And the Big Ten, like I don't understand if you have any survival instincts. Yes. Why are you not going to them and going? All right, what do we got to do to make this work to keep us in it? Like we're not saying we are going to be equal partners, but you got to fill out a schedule. And if you want to call it a national championship, you need to have more than a couple of leagues. Like, what do we got to do to be a part of this? And yet again, college athletics administrators are doing exactly what they do, which is. You know, everybody's looking out for number one, and, and half that's, of them are that's how you die. They, half of them are stupid because they live in, in bubbles. I mean, the other half are really smart people, but half of them are, are just they live in they live in bubbles. If I'm a if I'm the ACC right now, and I know Florida State's leaving, and I know half of the other teams in the league are looking to leave, I'm just making sure I've got a seat at the table. I'm like, hey, look, give give us we want one one AQ. And then if we have a team that's that's ranked high enough at the end, we'll get a second bid. We just need to stay in this game. I would be, I would do everything I could to dissuade the Big Ten and the SEC from saying, you know what? Yeah, that we're gonna have to go to some court battles and and it's gonna cost us some money, but we're doing this. I, I that's where I would be. But instead they're doing they're obsessed. It's like everything else in intercollegiate athletics that drives me insane. Obsessed with fairness. We we must be fair. Fair. We must be equitable. The real world's not fair and equitable. I don't know why you think this is going to be. It that it drives me. It's why I don't. But it's have, a little bit of minor pushback, Neil. The entire athletic complex is not equitable in a business. I mean, otherwise there right. wouldn't be the sports as they are. So they they do right. it on one side and don't do it on the other. That's right. the it, problem here is they can't decide I, where the I, dividing line is. I guess this is my question: Are they obsessed with quote unquote fairness, 
Are they obsessed with optics and PR? Prom Shrimp, promshrimp.com. They deliver directly to your door, and when they do that, it's fewer than 10 minutes. Freezer to plate. they got a lot of different options. If you want to do some hibachi show off on the Blackstone, you'll have to cook the shrimp. The shrimp will already be done for you. They've got their soy ginger flavor, New Orleans-style barbecue, the signature, full meals in a bag like the French Quarter Alfredo. You can throw a little butter, a little pepper in that, and it'll already be worked up for you there with Prom Shrimp. Buy five pouches or more, 25% off with code RG at promshrimp.com. Are you retiring soon? How long should you wait to take Social Security? What accounts should you pull from first? Are you already retired? Should you consider Roth conversions? These are just some of the questions that can only be answered with the personalized retirement income plan. Andrew Siegel with Siegel Wealth Management specializes in helping folks just like you come up with their retirement game plan, whether you meet at his office in Collierville or prefer Zoom from anywhere, schedule a free discovery meeting and see what they can do for you. It's rebelsretire.com. Brought to you by Comer Heating and Air, Southern Air Conditioning and Heating. High today in Oxford is 79. In other words, the warmer weather around the corner. So you want to make sure that that AC is ready to go. It's operational, ready to uh, cool your home when the hot weather absolutely comes. So get in touch with Comer. Get in touch with Southern. Different names, but same great people, products, and services. If you live in Oxford, Batesville, Tupelo, that area, call Comer. 662-801-1777. If you live in Hernando, Memphis, South Haven, that area, call Southern 662-429-4429. A-Stock is a national-based online retail company with the mission to provide customers the power to name their price. All items start at just $1. That's right. Every item starts at just $1, no matter what the retail value may be. Shop now at astock.bid. That's A-S-T-O-C-K dot B-I-D or download their app and name your price on thousands of items from big-name retailers. Uh, Ole Miss baseball today, tomorrow, this weekend, Ole Miss basketball tomorrow night. If you're coming up uh, and you want to make sure that you get the newest, freshest Rebel gear, stop by the College Corner. It's in Oxford now. The Oxford Commons just off Sisk Avenue. It's also two locations in the Jackson area, and you can also get them at collegecornerstore.com. We're also brought to you by Argent Wealth. Uh, when you work with Argent Wealth's 401k advisory services team, you gain a valuable advisory team and time-saving resource that will help you develop and maintain a solid strategy for your retirement plan. They're committed to providing you with the personalized attention and involvement that you want and need. Their goal is to help you manage your 401k plan and uh, ultimately improve your employees' retirement readiness. It's myargentwealth.com. And we're uh, brought to you by John Edwards, Regency Travel Incorporated in Memphis. Get in touch with John if you're planning a special trip that creates a lifetime of unique memories. Let him help you out. Just give him some parameters. Give him a budget. He will give you options. And uh, no, you don't have to live in or near Memphis to take advantage of his services. 901-494-3387 or send him an email, Edwards at regencytravel.net. It's a little bit of both, but it's but that, doesn't that kind of go hand in hand? If you say the quiet part out loud, if you remove the mystery, maybe they're so they they seem to have this belief that if you just say what it is, that the the public will go, oh, then I'm not interested in this anymore. And the truth is, there's no evidence of that. There's just no evidence of that. People seem to just go, yeah, we know it's we know it's gross, and we know it's about nothing but money, and it's not really about pride in the old alma mater it's just a money grab but we still love it there's no indication that anybody's going to back away from it the truth is the ratings for the playoff in in december and january are going to be 
ridiculous. It's going to be, it's going to be the only thing that will even, the only thing that it won't match will be the NFL. That's it. It's going to beat everything else. College football has become the number two sport, at least for now. So I, I don't, I don't know why they're so obsessed with optics, but I agree with both of you that they are. Did Chase, did Dylan send you that calendar of December and January of how much football we're going to have? No, I haven't seen this. So but I did he, notice what some of those weekends were. So he he sent it's like literally laid out on a calendar. It's like I guess week I guess the playoff starts maybe week 17 of the NFL slate and then you've got more games in week 18. The semifinals are I think like super wild card weekend and then the championship game goes into divisional game. He sent me the calendar and all I could think of is Oh my God, I'm going to lose so much money on those weekends. <laughs> it, it, it's a great calendar. I, I told Neil whatever day it was. I, I guess you weren't on the show. I, I think it turns January into the best sports month of the year. Yeah, and it's gonna make it's 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 gonna make February even like this has been a pretty depressing February. When we spend an entire week yelling about court stormings because Duke got beat by Wake for like the first time in 30 years and uh, everyone in college basketball media has got a Duke degree, like when – if you do that and then like when you consider like the come down in February next year, like it's just going to be a disaster. Oh, it's the part I remember about talk radio where you – I have a lot of admiration for guys like you, because you're in a you're in a market where the NBA team's not going to the playoffs, the the college team. I, I guess they got some new life in them after beating FAU, but it's still a it's still a slog, and you don't have football, and so you're just and you're just having to eat hours every day talking about stuff like court storming. It's it's brutal. It's it's harder than people think it is. There's a oh, reason. I mean, there's a reason they pay the Skip Baylesses of the world, all that money to get on the screen every day and, and to be animated about everything because it's hard. This is, February is now, for me, February is becoming as hard as, like, that post-NBA finals to really, like, once football gets going. Like, February to me is becoming just, like, you're looking at you're looking at all your sources for, like, things to talk about and you're just like oh my god like you're reading off yesterday on espn.com like six of the top eight stories or what somebody said at the combine and it's not even like oh these are reported stories from the nfl it's like literally what somebody said in a public forum it's like oh boy oh boy somebody can we can we fast forward to march i guess last thing on that i I do think, at least for some of the people, it's just – I mean, the SEC and the Big Ten could easily pull away, but I do think there's something to keeping the landscape and not being known as the people who destroyed the sport in a way and just took everybody else out of it. I mean, I, that, that, I do think that plays in to some degree. Of Give uh, one yeah. qualifier, give this. I mean, let's make a national championship. Yeah, I have – I've been consistent. Like, for someone who's as skeptical as I am, I do actually think the SEC and the Big Ten would prefer to do it with everyone else, granted, on their terms. Sure. 
Like, I don't think they want to do, like, all right, we're just going to go form a new NFL, you know, AFC, NFC, SEC, you know, Big Ten. I don't think that's their preference. But what's what's becoming clear is if people keep operating the same way, that's where this is headed. Yes. And so the question to me is, the question to me is, is this, are we watching a negotiation happen publicly? Or are we really just watching, are we watching people make decisions that are just going to lead to their own demise? It's, Maybe it's, both. It, it, yeah, it's both. But here's the thing, too. I mean, I, I get that it's the, the guy, what, what's the Big Ten commissioner's name? I keep forgetting, Patetti or whatever it is. Petiti, um, I think. Yeah. And then Sankey, obviously. But some of this, too, is, I mean, there are votes inside the leagues and chancellors and presidents and ADs that gets votes. If you're a downstream member of one of those two leagues and you're not some team that is guaranteed to be at the top of the echelon, you need everyone involved. Because when everyone's involved, there's going to be less from potentially trying to remove teams out of conferences down the line and, and pick it. Because if you go to a league where there's only 36 or 32 and that's all it is, well, human nature says you start trying to get the best 32 or 36, so you're willing to kick somebody out and bring somebody in, and it does all that. If it stays nationally, you're more comfortable keeping Indiana and Vanderbilt and whatever inside your conferences. Does that make sense? Like, uh, a absolutely. downstream member of one of those conferences, you're better off with everybody playing this game because that's not putting you on at least the potential of the chopping block in the same way. Well, and if I'm also – if I'm – one of those members like you're you're discussing this is why i'm also i am pushing for some type of centralized structure because i think the longer that there's not going to be centralized power that just gives tv networks more and more power and eventually tv networks are going to do what they've always done which is hey this show doesn't make us any money let's get rid of them and substitute show for school. And like, do you really think ESPN's all that concerned if they, this is an extreme, but like if they just had 16 teams playing, do you think they really care that much? If it's the 16 biggest brands. Not at first, especially I'm thinking through it. At the beginning though. But, this but is also, why... TV, TV networks are not long-term thinkers. They're just like, well, we're going to make as much money as possible, and then whenever we have to make an adjustment, we'll, we'll make an adjustment. But this is why the, I don't understand how there's this obsession with the group of five, because from a TV network standpoint, I never want Liberty. I, I, I don't want Tulane or Troy or, I don't know, Boise State. I don't want those products. I don't want them. I don't want to have to put them on my super saturday late december first round playoff weekend i don't want that game well i mean this is what we're also seeing you know it's it's not as big of a story but i think it's the same thing the whole reason that there's talks about expanding the ncaa tournament is not because everyone thinks it's a good idea but it's because tv saying we want fewer mid-majors like we we don't yes. want that and yes. so they're worried, well, we can't just change the system and say, you know, not every league gets a bid anymore. So our only solution is to expand. And it's like, okay, so we're not actually doing it because we think it's the right move. We're li literally just trying to do it because this is the only way we can satisfy TV people. 
Yeah, I mean, look, NCAA tournament's coming in a few weeks. Everybody does the whole deal about, yeah, you want to see St. Bonaventure in the first round. But by God, if they get to the second round, you do not want them to the next weekend. You're sick of them. We don't really like Cinderella. We like big roles. We like big teams. That's what we that's what we do. We don't Loyola Chicago making the final four is cute. TV hates it. Oh, they, I mean, yeah, they absolutely. Duke, they want Duke, Kansas, Texas, and Michigan State. That, that they they want big brands. They want big teams from big leagues. They want Kentucky. Give them Kentucky, Ohio State, Arizona, and and Louisville. They, that, that's what they they don't want. They don't want San Diego State and Florida Atlantic in the Final Four. Truth is, they don't want it. And I mean, I don't think the people that are making the decisions are this smart. You could talk me into though. Part of the whole expanding thing is what we're seeing right now in college basketball. Like, I I got the feeling this tournament this year could be like pretty nutty in the sense of like pure upsets. Because to me, when I'm watching in college basketball, man, that the difference between like ten and fifty, team ten and team fifty, is kind of like who has a good night. And oh, so yeah. minuscule. At least, at least when you expand it, what they're saying is we get more games with bigger teams, and you can kind of, you can, you can kind of combat it this way because, like I, I still think I would be surprised if anyone other than UConn, Houston, or Purdue, and Purdue's like I'm still like in the I'll believe it when I see it category with Purdue, but if anyone other than really those three teams wins it, I think I'd be surprised. But you could talk me into a Final Four. I mean, there's no reason what the Final Four can't look like it did last year, which is UConn, which is the team that wins it, and they were the best team. And then, you know, Miami, that's all transfers. San Diego State and FAU. Like, you could talk me into that kind of something that resembles that again. Complete parody outside of those couple. Yeah, 100%. Like, I mean, it's 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 night, it's shooting, it's whatever. It's it's made it fun. Um, I guess that's the word, which is the point. Um, kind of just sort of thinking through it. But no, yeah, man, with you, because I still would take one of those three to actually win the six games or whatever it is. Right. But no, I, I, I'm telling you right now, I, I know we're talking about like it's the doldrums. This has been a pretty fun week of college basketball. Like, you know what I mean? Like, but does that, is parody necessarily like a good thing? Like, it's probably a good thing in terms of like a competition, but in terms of what the powers that be want, it's probably not. No, because in a lot of ways, people didn't like that Final Four last year. Didn't get the big names, didn't get the teams. I mean, you know, it was, and it was that deal where you didn't look at the metrics. Like, UConn for most of the year, the the normal sporting public was going ah whatever, but you look up and go hey they were like number one in Kim Palm for three months here guys like UConn this, had the, the, UConn this had wasn't like fluky. A, UConn had like a bad three to four weeks in January and early February like mid January early February they had a bad stretch there but before that they looked like the best team and then rolling into the tournament I mean they won they won every game in the tournament and covered. Like they were dominant. 
Did they really? They covered every game? Oh, yeah. Those those oh. are fine young men. And let me tell you what, they're, they're not so bad this year either. Did you take Utah and Creighton last couple weeks ago? Oh, yeah, I took Utah. Uh, okay. I'm, I'm at the point now where I just blindly bet them because, you know, like, yeah, I'm going to lose a Creighton game, but then I get to double down when they play Villanova and watch the last three minutes where they're up so big, they're just trying like hell to get a kid a triple-double. Mm-hmm. Uh, last night in the SEC, bubbles out for AM now, right? 70-68, South Carolina in College Station. Bye-bye, Buzz. You're, you're, yeah, you're, you're gone. Because they're not through losing. Yeah. They're, they're, you know, it's not like they're going to suddenly – they're not going to suddenly fix it and, and go on some magical run. No, they're, they're, they're toast. Is the lack of leadership going to save his job, though? Ooh, and I'm not comfortable saying the name, but I heard a name for their AD yesterday that's a big-name AD that would shake things up. So, I don't know if we talked about this. This is this was something, when Ross gets the Ohio State job, so when I first heard Ross to the Ohio State, I kind of rolled my eyes like, come on. Then it happens. I was trying to think, can y'all think of another character that the professional community thinks more highly of him than any than the general public? Because I feel Roger like Goodell. he has to be up there. Goodell. Yeah, but at least with Goodell, it makes sense. Like with, with Goodell, it makes sense. It's like, yeah, he just makes the owners a bunch of money and he just takes like he's kind of in the heat position, but he just makes them a bunch of money like that one. I can like justify with with Ross. Like I was, you know, part of Ross getting the A&M gig was. You know, he's going to Jimbo Jimbo, you can walk all over him. Just look at what he did at Ole Miss. Freeze walked all over him. And like that was a selling point is that he was like an AD that the coach could just walk all over. Now that's not as important anymore, but I guess it's just he's he is very good at getting money people. Like he gets, on he his gets side. money people. I, I he's I, really good at supporting NIL. He gets things built. And from a corporate administration standpoint, he is easy to work with and listens to a lot of people. That would be your professional positive evaluation is that he can get – because, frankly, Ohio State was lagging a little bit. They've really picked it up. But it was, hey, we got to get into this SEC-type NIL space. We need to get some lag out of some of our donors and our building and some stuff. We got money. We're Ohio State. We're one of the flagships of the Big Ten. It's all those different things. And he has been able to even – see, it's almost a positive – even when his school went through hell with the NCAA, Ross didn't have any slime on him. It was, hey, I managed this thing and kept this whatever, whatever, whatever. I mean, so again, I, I get what you're saying. Yeah, the, I think I'm proving your the point, worst but, thing they but, got. The worst thing they had on Ross was that he he lied to some media when Ole Miss got the second letter. Yeah, I mean, okay. Well, in reality, that wasn't necessarily Ross lying. I mean, that was again, that was a Hugh Freeze operation. Like the whole thing was a Hugh Freeze operation, but I don't know. Like I, I just what if what, did they build anything at A and M? Because like the 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 football stadium was before him, 
I don't know. I think that's, that's a really hard job because there's there's a lot of asses to be kissed. They demand to be kissed. You have to you have to decide which ones get the most kissing. You 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 you've got With opposite really, viewpoints too. You're managing people in a way that is so hard yeah, to that, that that's everything I've heard about that job is that it is it is exhausting. But he he was fairly good at it. Now the guy that I've heard they're trying to get, and I've heard they've made a significant offer, is one of the very best at it. It's going to require that. I mean, we always talk about why not A and M, why what? That, that's the lot of the answer. There's so many cooks and so many chefs, and you're just dealing with. You know, the interesting thing about A and M Chase is that no matter how much they fail, give them credit. They are the they are the they are the guy that stares in the mirror every day. No matter no matter how many times the girl says no, they stare in the mirror and go, "I am irresistible. I, I'm I am I'm it. I'm the guy." And they just. They, there's no lack of confidence. But a twinge uh, it, it, now in this new era, a twinge of doubt only because of the Big Brother coming into the league, because they are self obsessed with Texas. Do you? Do either of you buy the Big Ten rumor with A and M that's out there? And it's out there. No, what would be the I reason. Think... Oh, they're angry. They're angry but about sure. Their... But come on, when it really gets down to it. No, here's here's why I don't buy it. If you've ever, if you ever like follow A and M closely enough, those those people that you're talking about, all the people that you have to kiss their ass, they want you to fight for A and M, and make it look like publicly, like okay, you fought for A and M. Here you go. Here's here's another one one and a half million. Like that. That's this to me. Like this is no different than when they did the kicking and screaming about Texas coming in in the first place. Like. Uh, no, this is just them. This is them putting up a public fight so that their their people can be like, "Yeah, we fought." We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Elsewhere. Last night, unless you had someone's on that. Uh, Tennessee knocks off Auburn 92-84. Kind of a standard home game where the home team won, it looked like. Dalton Connect, played man. bad, it's fine. Dalton yeah. Connect was awesome. 39 points. He outscored Auburn over the last 12, I think, by himself. If I have that stat right. I don't I he's true. just he's just my spirit animal. Like he is not going to exert an ounce of effort on the defensive end because that could take away from the offensive end. Like that guy's there to get buckets. Like, and he got, God forbid, he could get hurt on defense, but not like 
he has got to yeah. save it all for offense. Like, there's just something I admire about that. And you know what? If you're Rick Barnes, hey Dalton, if you're going to play like that on the offensive end, I'm good with it. Ooh, yeah, you said you said you said 39, right? Yeah. yeah. If you're going to get me 39 right. and just absolutely take their soul on the defensive end, I don't care if you come sit over here while we don't have the ball. Whatever you need to do, bud. Just just put your hands up every now and then. <laughs> but don't foul. Yeah, 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 come on. Don't foul. Yeah. Last There's night. one person in my practice that's not doing block charge drills. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no chance. Uh, Alabama gets over 100 points last night again. Did they break the record for SEC teams in the modern era over 100 points in a season the number of times? I think they beat the, maybe the 95 Kentucky team, something like that, for uh, for that last night with this 103-88 win. And they score 103 after being ice cold in the first half. I think they were hovering between 12 and 17% for most of the first half. Ole Miss built as much as a 14-point lead. Frankly, Ole Miss played its best offensive half in a while from a ball movement standpoint in the first half. I thought they got inside some. I thought they took advantage of Alabama choosing not to play defense at times. I, I I thought Ole Miss really played well even with Alabama not functioning on the offensive end. However, with about four minutes to go in the first half, Bama cut it and cut it and cut it. Ends up being about a one-possession game at halftime, and at that point, you knew exactly where that basketball game was going because considering how cold Alabama was and how – well, Ole Miss had played relative in that first half. Ole Miss had to be up 12 right there to have a shot. Yeah, did anyone – Yeah. I don't know. Did it, Did anyone have, like – I guess in the second half, what, did they Did they get it back even once? They had, like, a push yeah. around the eight-minute mark. Yeah. Nine and a half minutes, they got it to 65-65. They made a run to get 65-65. Bama got a three, a stop, a bucket. Ole Miss got within four a couple of times there, and then – Bama went on a even big... when even when they got it even, I just it never, I never felt like an Ole Miss win right there at all. No, it like felt... I thought something something weird was going to have to happen. They just don't look. At the end of the day, two things about that game that that are glaringly obvious when you watch it. Ole Miss just doesn't have enough. It just doesn't have enough. Enough what? Enough what? Neil? Enough anything? Enough whatever category you want to go with? They don't have enough. Uh, ball ball handling. Don't have enough shooting. Don't have enough rebounding. Oh my God. Um, basketball awareness, not enough. And then you watch Alabama and look at the risk of sounding like a fanboy. Their offense, now for their defense is, is they, they don't, they, they it's, it's not kind of almost non-existent, but their offense is so disciplined. It's fun to watch. They, yeah. They are not going to take mid-range twos. You're not going to take them. They will drive to the bucket. They'll be two feet from the bucket and look for the three-point shot. They are they and they move the ball around the perimeter. Everybody's in their spot. They are going to shoot threes. And when the threes don't fall, you just keep taking them. They they follow the process, the process, the process. You run the offense, you shoot threes. And you get rebounds, you kick it back out, you get defenses scrambling, and God knows Ole Miss's defense scrambles on offense on when they lose an offensive rebound. So it's like, wow, where where is everybody? And and that's what they do. And they are they are one hundred percent pot committed to getting those shots, and they get them. And when they start falling, it's night night. 
It's night-night unless you have the offense, like Kentucky, for example, unless you have the offense to keep up with them and to punish them on their defense, which is very lacking. You just can't keep up once they start making some buckets. And last night when it was – they were down 14. I think they were one for nine from three. And you were like, okay, Ole Miss, you've been here before. Like with Auburn earlier in the year, you you better put your foot on their throat right now. 14's not enough. You need to go up like 20-something right now. You need to make them think about it. They cut it to three at the half. I would have bet any amount of money at that point. Bama plus – Bama minus whatever you want to lay, 10. I'm good. Yeah, you knew where that game was going at the half. Podcast brought to you by Northeast Spark. Speaking of, service people across rural communities, two packages, the Ignite, the 100 Mbps, or the Blaze. That is their one gig service. Your hometown team bringing you world-class broadband. That's anyspark.com, 662-238-3159. Phone service, portal controls, network security, wireless mesh extender for those who need that extra help, and more. That's 662-238-3159. Oxford's newest Greek restaurant on the square, Opa's the perfect place to plan your company dinner, your festive party event. Fabulous food, great craft libations. Uh, they can accommodate up to 200 guests. Also a great place just to stop in over the weekend if you're up here for uh, the Iowa series. Coming in for the basketball game uh, on Wednesday, stop by Opa. Get in touch with them if you are interested in catering or booking information. Uh, call Jeannie, 601-421-7147. We're also brought to you by Service Specialist Staffing and Recruiting Agency. If your company is looking to hire quality, hard-to-find talent, Service Specialists can help. Uh, keep in mind that payment of service is solely contingent on if you decide to hire a candidate that they send. You have nothing to lose, so give Will, Sydney, or Kelsey a call at 662-832-5138 or check out their new and improved website, servicespecialistltd.com. Get the beautiful and healthy smile you deserve at Corinth Dental. Dr. Bubba McQueen, Dr. Jenny Beth Hendrick are devoted to restoring and enhancing the natural beauty of your smile using conservative, state-of-the-art procedures that will result in a beautiful, long-lasting smile. From routine checkups to advanced treatment, including implants and Invisalign, Corinth Dental is here to help you achieve your smile goals. So schedule your appointment today. Take the first step toward a better version of yourself. It's CorinthDental.com. Are you a displaced corporate executive wanting to put your career in your own hands? Are you an experienced entrepreneur looking to diversify? Either way, Andy Ludeke can help. He owns multiple franchises and businesses and uses his expertise to help others find their American dream through a very thorough and free consultation process. So call Andy, put your life and your career in your own hands. It's 100% free. You've got nothing to lose. MyPerfectFranchise.net. Contact Andy at Andy at MyPerfectFranchise.net or 404-973-9901. Sears is an incredible player. He's a hell of a shooter. I mean, if he gets it, he gets to the rim. He does everything right. But their ability, as you said, and I could could see it pretty well kind of from where I was sitting last night, is that extra pass to get that three-point shot every time is just beautiful. Like you see the lanes and the way they move and the frenetic pace that they play, but it does it within – within reason, almost always, like it, it really is like, it's, you know, it looks the same in a way as other offenses, but then when the guy gets the ball in the perimeter, he always has a second and a half to set up and shoot. And it's always behind the three point line, or he can take a step back and have room like their ability to anticipate and get that extra pass in is, is, is just phenomenal. I mean, it, it was, it was, it was a clinic last night. There's also just something that brings a tear to my eye. When you watch a fast break with numbers and the guy pulls up for three, it's just like, that's my guys. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, it, there's something beautiful about it. And that's, yeah, we, we could, we could have that, we could have this dog, we could have this, but nah, 
Three is more than oh, two. That's Nate Oates. You have an open three. Take it. That's Nate Oates. That's and and it's ingrained in them. Like you look at their season shot chart. There's empty space in the twos. Mm-hmm. It's at the bucket, and then it's just all around the three. Just that's that's who they are. It's it's what he drills. It's what they coach. It's it's everything about who they are, and it's it's. He's going to be hard to replace if if all the rumors are true that he's going to either Michigan or Michigan State. Um, that that's he's going to be a difficult guy to replace. I mean, although I think there might be a coach right there in Birmingham who can come right in and sort of run the same sort of system. Ooh. But Ooh. I know um, he thinks he's getting it. I don't know if he is, but he thinks he is. I tell you what, man. I mean, wait, 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 hold on. Are you talking about Andy? No, no, he's my Bucky Miller. Right. Okay, yeah, yeah. So the Sanford guy thinks he's got it. Th- thinks he's got it. You know the job that everyone's linking Andy to right now, and I have no idea whether it's true or not. Is DePaul? Oh, didn't he flirt with them once before? Seems like he did. I don't know whether De- is DePaul going to pay. I mean, Andy's making pretty good coin at UAB, and he's safe there. I mean, I know they're not going to the tournament and whatnot, but. They like him. He's get, he gets good crowds. His teams are competitive. They're fun. Blah blah blah. I mean, they they, they check enough boxes. Uh, the only way I'm taking that DePaul job, and it's like, all right, I'm taking it for a check. Like, what league are they I don't. In? They're in the Big East, but like, oh, yeah, you know, I'm what we're on year thirty now of waiting for the DePaul job to be a good job. Yeah, they're zero and seventeen or something like that right now in the Big East, I and mean, they're bad. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But you know, never uh, just does the whole like Chicago, the whole, you know, Chicago, the, all this. It's like, yeah, yeah, they, they, the kids ain't growing up thinking, you know what? And that arena they built is beautiful. Like, like, uh, but like, that's, that's, that is a, that is a impossible job. Here's the thing about coaching stuff. And it's, it's why it came up on our board a little bit yesterday about beard and, Muscleman and all that stuff is again. I know this is not, I'm not trying to talk down to anybody, but things do change. Something can be true on Monday and not be true on Wednesday or Thursday. People make life, life decisions are, are not made typically with just black and white, right? There's a process and you, 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 you sort of, decide you're going to do something and then somebody comes back to you with a different sort of offer and maybe they want you to stay and maybe you get sentimental and you know, Hey, the kids are still in school and there's stuff, there's stuff in, in decisions. And that happens in, in coaching decisions as well. So it's, well, I do think there's also, I think there's a legitimate question of, I I think this, this, this coaching carousel cycle is going to be fascinating to me because there's a lot of jobs that I ask myself, is that still a good job? Yeah. And I think we're about to find out because I do think what we are moving towards is uh, there's going to be 32 good jobs. Even in basketball? Yep. Well, yeah, it's the Louisville basketball job, which was once an elite job. Is it still an elite job? I don't know. Maybe Chris Mack, maybe Chris Mack wasn't wrong. That one surprises me that they can't generate an IL there for that that for that program. Like I like the Louisville basketball job not being good may amaze me more than any job in the country for falling off and not being able to replicate and be good. 
Remind me again who their football. Remind me who their football coach is. Yeah, no, I, I I get it. I understand. Where 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 did their football coach play? Yeah. There's not. Big Saban wasn't wrong when he said, "I can't make up more rich people." Yeah. I guess that's maybe my point. And look, maybe they're smart about it. And like I said, I, a lot of Louisville's issues have been that they have had horrific administrative stuff since George. Awful. Um. But being in that state, a basketball-obsessed state, with Kentucky being Kentucky and trying to compete, I guess I'm just a little shocked they even chose football because, you know, forever Louisville had a really large athletic budget, and it was greatly basketball from a percentage standpoint of what actually produced that from a, from a department-wide number. I guess that's my point. It's how the emphasis has shifted there the way that it has. Yeah, I think it's pretty simple, though. Yeah. It, the, that 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 – situation you're talking about was when Rick Pitino like mm-hmm. in the end Rick Pitino is not taking that job unless you're going to do it's the same thing with Calipari when Calipari is at Memphis there's no wonder the Memphis football job was an absolute you know just dumpster fire when Cal's at Memphis because literally every single dollar that every single available dollar went to him like I, I just I think what it's kind of where I kind of give Ole Miss credit to be competitive in all three when you're not the richest school. Like, I think they do a pretty good job. Oh, no question about it. There's, there's no doubt. I mean, but like we're going into an off season, and and for the sake of this, I know you got to go, Jeffrey. But for the sake of this point, let's just assume Chris Beard stays and he's still the coach at Ole Miss. We're going into an off season where. They have to ratchet up their NIL. He's he's got to rebuild his roster. And he's going to have to do it via the portal. And the portal's expensive. I mean, people talk about like Grant Nelson last night. Grant Nelson got a lot of money from Alabama to go to Alabama. Dalton yeah. Connect. Dalton Connect was recruited by a lot of people. Yeah. What we no, talking I mean, about, I, go ahead. You uh, that's, that's a, I mean, to me, it's like, okay, yeah, this team's not going to make the tournament. But they did at least let you watch through the end of February, like at a place that it's really hard to win at in basketball. I mean, I don't know about baseball. I I, I have no clue. It, the early returns weren't great, but I mean, it's all going to be SEC play. Like the fact that they're pretty good in everything, like I I I think that's I think that's something to admire. Memphis Tigers today. Oh yeah, we got the East Carolina game, baby. Oh yeah, Tigers oh, yeah. and Pirates. Pirates. And I Tigers. will say, I'm trying to, I'm trying to convince my beloved city, stop being so dramatic and just treat this for what it is. The Tiger basketball team is an unbelievable reality show. Like it is amazing if you just watch it and view it through the prism of entertainment. And if I can just get people to do that, I think everyone would be happier. Good luck with that today. It should go. Appreciate it, bud. All right. Jeffrey Wright joining us every single Thursday on the Campbell Clinic Hotline. Appreciate his time with uh, with that. You know, you know, look, for the sake of the conversation, Beard staying, it's – I was talking to somebody about this last night at the games. They're watching Alabama do what they were doing in the second half. And – Rating jobs in the SEC in every sport 
has never been easier and more complicated at the same time because it goes with money and all these different things. And that's such a primary focus of, of everything as far as NIL and talent acquisition. But I think this year, assuming Beard stays, is the biggest modern telling of where this program is that you could possibly have. Because a couple different reasons here. You've got this established coach who everybody believes in inside your fan base. You've got him coming in with history and even history of turning around programs similar, even though it was the other era. And I get that. And everything changed when the NIL came in. And it's year two where he has the full year, gets to do all the portal stuff all the way through. I mean, he was hired March 15th or March 13th or whatever. It was already kind of in the cycle a little bit last year. And he had to get started and keep his current roster and all that stuff because there's a there's a thread on the board right now about it of, hey, these are the guys he brought in. Well, there's a difference in bringing in guys because you have to literally fill a roster and bringing in guys because that's the dudes you would pick around the country. That's nowhere near the same thing. So what NIL has been established for Ole Miss in basketball? What has he been able to generate individually? Because he spent a lot of time, especially early in his tenure, to do that and get more boosters for the sport and all those different things that go on with it. So how much can he spend? Who can he attract on a national, regional level to come in? What does it all look like? Like, I, I think we get a really interesting sample size of the basketball program at Ole Miss over the course of these next few months, assuming Beard stays, because, look, you know, administratively, they've kind of done everything they can do. They have hired Beard. The arena's nice. The practice facility's nice. All that stuff, if you even count it for 1%, is good. And then they can't get past some of the negatives. Because, look, one of the reasons why Ole Miss was one of the worst jobs in forever was facilities and stuff. But it was also because it's in a small town. We mentioned this yesterday. Fayetteville has all those places around it and gets all these people in immediately. The arena was light last night because it was an 8 o'clock tip on February the 28th and it was cold outside. And you weren't coming from Memphis and Madison and you weren't doing that and getting home at 1130 and all that kind of stuff. Because I, I was home at 11 last night myself and I lived three miles from campus. Like, it, 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 yeah. it just is what it is. I didn't finish writing and stuff until like 1140 last night. That was a late game. That game did yeah. not tip until like 812. It's too late, by the way. I mean, that game tipped almost 915 on the East Coast. Yeah. Do better. Be smarter. Stop being so yeah. damn stubborn about your time slots. It's too late. I mean, I wouldn't want to drive back to Memphis after that. In fairness to everybody who criticizes fans. If you live in Memphis, let's say you live in Collierville. It's a, it's a full hour at night. You are home time. at 1130 last night. You, you got at best. If you didn't get trapped best. in the garage. Yeah. You're 1145 getting home. So you walk in the door, you've got to get changed. You're you, hopefully you woke yourself up to drive. Right. So you're not going to sleep till 1230. You got to get up at six something to get ready for another day of work. That when you could have watched it on TV, that's a tough sell. You live in Madison. You're not home last night till almost one in the morning. Mm -hmm. Your your Thursday is shot. I, I get it. Play the games earlier. Be smarter. There's no reason to tip a game at nine fifteen Eastern. It's not in a tournament setting. But look. They didn't get a big crowd. It was a light crowd, like you said. It's a tough, it's a it's a tough job. It is. I mean, you know, I've talked to multiple people who've been in that job. It's a hard job. The the arena's fantastic. It's gonna look better next year when they flip everything. But inside the arena, it's 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 great. They did a great job with the pavilion. It's awesome. 
They've got great practice facilities. The administration's committed to basketball, on and on and on. It's just a hard job. And you talk about ranking jobs. It's the part that I think I think fans struggle with is if you take all of the emotion out of it, you can have a top five football job that's a bottom five basketball job. Well, it's, because it's of each other, too. I mean, as Jeffrey said, they have small budgets, rel- or they have at least, they have to be very creative and efficient. Let's put it that way. Nothing's a small budget in the SEC, but creative and efficient comparatively. And baseball being really good and demanding NIL makes basketball harder. It just does because money goes in one place and another and whatever. It's not it's not good or bad. I'm not criticizing or defending anything. It's just reality. And then when you have an elite or trying to be elite football program, it pushes everything else down. Because, look, one of the reasons why the Arkansas basketball job is there is, is what it is or at least has the potential to be is that there's a lot of people that go, you know what, let's just go win like hell at basketball and baseball and let football fall where it falls. Mm-hmm. That's the exact opposite of what's going on here where you're going, no, by God, we're making the playoff. And then everything else will figure itself out. Yeah, that's for sure. Totally, for different. sure, for sure. Miss, Mississippi State's on the precipice of probably trying to figure that out a little bit. Do we, look, their basketball team's good. Their baseball team has a lot of tradition, a lot of stuff. What do we do? Where do we put this stuff? What percentage do we do to what? What do we want to be good at? And then when we want to be good at it, what is the ceiling? Even when we really try, those are the questions that every place is doing right now. I think places like that have to make a decision about football. How low can the floor be where that's acceptable? Where it's not chaotic? Yeah. If I can get you us to six and six most years, is that cool if we go to the Sweet 16 three out of ten times? Yeah. I mean, hey, if, if we can be a perennial six to seven win football program and make the NCAA tournament damn near every year as a second weekend threat, which means you're a third weekend threat, and satisfy and, your baseball appetite. Yeah, and and be, you know, at, at both of those places that you're referencing, Mississippi State and Arkansas, be a national contender in, in baseball, as they historically have been, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, you know, that's, um, is that enough? Does that, being, being a perennial contender in basketball to make the tournament and being a perennial contender in, in baseball to get to Omaha, is that enough to override the disappointment of not being a contender in football. And I don't know the answer to that. I'm not, I I don't know the dynamics at Mississippi state and I don't know the dynamics at Arkansas. So would that be enough at Ole Miss? And I think the answer now, because you've had a taste of it is no, that would not be acceptable. And so if that's, if that's the case, okay. So you want to be a playoff contender in football, which means you have to be one of the best 12 to 14 programs in the country. All right. To do that, you have to really be committed resource wise. Are there enough resources remaining realistically to fund both basketball and baseball at the highest level? I don't know the answer to that. I'm not Keith Carter. I'm not Walker Jones. I don't know all the boosters. I don't know all the people. I don't know the numbers, but those are the questions that you have to ask when you're, when you're in those in those rooms, making those decisions. If you are going to fund football to be a a nationally competitive program, and it's very clear that Ole Miss does want to, and then you turn around and fund basketball to the point that it would require to keep a high-level coach and to be a a perennial NCAA tournament team, is there anything left for anything else, baseball included? And I don't know the answer to that. What's acceptable? 
What's acceptable to your fans? I I don't know. To succeed at football, like you're mentioning, you have to be one of the top 20. You have to be in the top 25% of SEC teams because four teams are going to make this playoff most years. So you can be a little worse than Texas, Alabama, and Georgia, and you got to be better than every damn body else in that sport in your league. Yes. In a, in a, Deal where, like next season, we, we talk about this all the time. In a deal where next season, you say you go nine. Uh, there was a lot of buzz yesterday nationally because people are bored and they're coming up with material. And there was a lot of buzz yesterday about Oklahoma football. Okay. And so I thought to myself, all right, let's just play along with this. Let's say Oklahoma's a sleeper and Oklahoma's really good. All right. If you're Ole Miss, you lose in Baton Rouge. Teams go to Baton Rouge all the time to lose. You lose at home to Georgia. They're Georgia. Everyone's putting them preseason number one or two. And then Oklahoma gets you. Season's over. That's failure. That people go, point. Give me a give, give me a scenario where it fails. Okay, right there. You lose in Baton Rouge, you lose at home to Oklahoma, and you lose at home to Georgia. I, and for the record, I'm not predicting any of that. I've learned that we must put these caveats out because we have people who either their listening comprehension skills are just absolute shit or they have an agenda. So I'm putting that out to point out that we're not predicting that, but someone says, paint a scenario. There it is. That would constitute failure. You also it's, just answered your question on why 14 in some semblance makes sense because at nine and three, you're still in the playoff. It gets course. another one of your teams in. It it it, it just includes you would, you would that be nine on, and three team. You would be on that bubble with two or three other teams to be the 13th and 14th teams into the tournament. Mm-hmm. That's why. Sure. I mean, look, the SEC and the Big Ten are going to get four in each. That's why I don't understand the fight about it. I, I, to go back to that just briefly, I, I don't understand the, the what the fight's about. They're going to get four. Hell, they might get five some years, but they're going to get four. Yeah. One, one quarter of the SEC is going to the playoff. Which is why, optically, I'm fine with even just making it at largest because who gives a crap? It's going to sure. roll out the same either way. I, I don't care if they do 14 at largest. Yeah. You're going to take the top teams. <clears throat> but you know, those are the decisions that you that that you have to make. And and I I'm sure those conversations happen in Starkville and Oxford and Baton Rouge and Austin and College Station and Fayetteville and everywhere else. But I every dynamic is different. And I, I don't I don't know what works. I mean, if I were in the room at any of those places, my con- my question would consistently be. Can we really afford to punt football? Mm-hmm. It's so big. There's so much money. There's so much attention. There's so much conversation. Can we really afford to punt football? Where we get to the middle of October and our season is over and the fans stop coming and the students stop coming and it impacts so much of the of the mood and the emotion around where we are. Can we Can we really afford to do that? Or are we a program where fans will accept that our goal is eight and four in the outback? Yeah. Do we have a fan base that is cool with that? If they show up to the park every Saturday and there's a chance to win this game. And then I don't know. You know, and if that's the case, man, you you have to almost guarantee now look, there's what's our what's our percent chance that we fail in basketball? Like you can't have a basketball season like the one Arkansas's had, for example. Mm-hmm. We're going into the season, you know, he he rebuilt that roster in the portal the way that he always does. Uh, he'd gone elite eight, elite eight, sweet 16. You can't argue with his results. And then all of a sudden they're not going anywhere. I mean, they're not, they're not going to the 
CB, whatever. They're not going anywhere. Okay, well, now what? Now, I mean, Dave Van Horn could go win the College World Series, and it's not going to make up for what happened in football and men's basketball. I'm guessing. I don't know. I'm not there. I'm not. I'm not in there in that environment. But I'm going to guess that that that's not enough to, to take away all of the bad taste from a disaster of a football season followed by a disaster of a basketball season. I don't think. I don't think at Ole Miss. If you told me that the football team went four and eight, and the basketball team was sub 500 and did nothing. I don't know that a, a, a baseball national championship makes all of that go away. Maybe I'm wrong. You know a lot more Ole Miss people than I do. Would that would that do it? Would that make it where everybody goes, you know what, if you just give me this every year, I'm good with it. Give me a baseball. Give me a no, baseball. No, I mean, not now because you've got the other. Before that, maybe. But no, not now. You have it. You've tasted it now. Football dictates everything. And so see if I'm if I'm at if I'm at Kentucky, if I'm at South Carolina, if I'm at Arkansas, I'm sure Mississippi State says it because they're delusional, but if I'm at one of the and hell, maybe if I'm at Mississippi State, I look at it and go, guys, if Ole Miss can do this, we can too. Yeah. Maybe. And so I don't and if and if I if I convince myself that that's the case, then that's what I have to try to do. But everybody can't do it. So, no. Uh, the one other game from last night that needs no time Florida 83 74 over Missouri. The Gators 10 5 in the SEC in good shape. Missouri 0 15 now in the SEC. Speaking of a year later, they were in the NCAA tournament a year ago and now they are 0 15. You know what Golden doesn't get enough credit for? He he went out a couple of years ago and recruited a kind of a core group of high school guys and they all panned out. Every one of them. Every one of them. Scanning through the games on That's Saturday, Todd Golden and my Gators, baby. We're, 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 we're going. We're going, going to the tournament. March. We're going to March. We're gonna we're gonna do this thing. It's gonna be awesome. We're gonna break out the cartoon Gator and put it on the jersey or something. It's gonna be. It's gonna be glorious. Ole Miss is at Missouri on Saturday night, seven thirty for that one. Again, Missouri zero and fifteen in the SEC SEC Network. Uh, some good games though, some fun games on Saturday. You got uh, Florida at South Carolina at eleven a.m. Oh, on ESPN that is a good, on Saturday. That is a good game. The Gators in Columbia. Gamecocks got a big win last night. Yep. Uh, Arkansas is at Kentucky. God bless them mm. on Saturday mm. afternoon. Twelve thirty on CBS. LSU is at Vanderbilt on Saturday. Oof. Um. Mississippi State gets to go uh, get a free shot. They're at Neville Arena in Auburn on Saturday, 3 o'clock, ESPN 2. Yeah. For a game. Good game there. Bulldogs 8-7, yeah. and seven, Auburn 10-5. and five. Like State is that really scary team in a way because their record's not great, but they're better than their record. Mm-hmm. Like You look up, and they're probably going to be 8-8 eight and eight after Saturday, but you go, nah, it's a tournament team. I, I, I like the way they look. They're, they're, oh, yeah. They're, yeah. They're, All their metrics are great, too. Yeah, they're, they're going to the tournament. Uh, tennis, Texas A&M at Georgia. On Saturday, that's five o'clock. Georgia just trying to get one there after starting three and one in the SEC. They're five and ten now. Might be a spot then, to get uh, it. Might and be then a, a good, get, got a hell of a nightcap. Seven o'clock on ESPN. The Tennessee Vols are at Coleman Coliseum to face the Alabama Crimson Tide on Saturday evening. Podcast brought to you in part by GNM Pharmacy. That's on South Lamar and Oxford, 662 also, Tyson Drugs on the Square in Holly Springs, 662-252-2321. They deliver locally in the Oxford area, and they offer MedSync. If you're in prescriptions the same day each month, 
take care of you. One trip to the pharmacy, one delivery, you have everything you need when you need it with G&M. So again, that is in Oxford or Holly Springs, 662-236-2222. Southern Traditions Farm is a 68-acre, 32-stall, upscale equestrian training and boarding facility in Canton, Mississippi. Two sand rings, a grass ring, miles of wooded trails. So much offered at Southern Traditions. Horseback riding offerings from beginner to advanced to nationally recognized competitions. It's also a great venue for uh, corporate outings. Um functions, that kind of thing. So get in touch with them on Facebook or Instagram at Southern Traditions Farm. Are you ready for the ultimate college experience? Welcome to College Town Oxford, your new home away from home. They know you want the best. That's exactly what they offer. No more long commutes or missing out on campus events at Ole Miss. College Town Oxford is next door to the Ole Miss campus, offering spacious two, three, four, and five bedroom cottages, each with individual leases because they believe in flexibility and simplicity. Uh, their incredible amenities will make you feel like you're living in a resort. So uh, get in touch with them and uh, find out when um, leasing for fall 2024 is open at 662-300-3733. And I'll have a mailbag to you tomorrow. It's presented by Art Hayes of Sotheby's International Realty. Are you thinking of making a move? Put the power of Sotheby's International Realty to work for you as a licensed agent with Sotheby's and a supporter of all things Ole Miss, Art can help you buy or sell in your hometown or anywhere in the world at no charge to you, seriously. So call and ask Art how that works, 612-805-5929, or email Art at Arthur, A-R-T-H-U-R dot Hayes, H-A-Y-S, at lakesmn.com. Ooh, that's, that's a good game. Yeah, Tennessee at Bama. On Saturday afternoon, Saturday evening. That's a good game. Seven o'clock. So that one's so you'll, up you'll against watch, Ole Miss. You'll watch Missouri Ole Miss and write that up for me. Is that, is that what, that's the plan? Sounds good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Real <laughs> AP style kind of thing. Um, yeah, might literally yeah. be AP style. Yeah, something like that. That's kind of. I'll call I'm Gabe about. and be like, "Hey, um, when your guy writes the story, do you think he could just send it to me and I'll just put a different lead on the top?" Maybe. Yeah, I, I I I did that last night on a mail-in for the midweek game because when Ole Miss was up 12-3, to 3, and it was like the most nondescript. And I was like, I kind of want to go to basketball. Like, I'm just going to kind of get out of here. And like, I wrote just the, the complete, like, AP, here's the here's what happened, whatever. And so Ole Miss was like, four in the second, yeah. Yeah, somebody was like, Is, you're not going to talk to all the players? I'm like, nobody died. I'm like, nobody's hurt. It's fine. No. They'll keep till Friday. It's all right. <laughs> it's, yeah. it, it's okay. It's going to be – it's fine. Um, yeah, it was funny. All the 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 other guys like on the beat, kind of almost like breathlessly showed up at the pavilion. And yeah, it's like, like fellas, it ain't that serious. I mean, well, Eckert was in no man's land because the baseball game had taken just long enough because it was kind of slow last night to where he couldn't really stay and talk to Mike and get to the pavilion. So he was in this weird like middle ground. And at some point, it was like just go to basketball. Like why hang out at baseball when there's nothing going on? So. Just, just head over and and let it be done. Uh, yeah, what's, what was he going to say that was going to be so profound? Mike was going to let me tell you what guys we're going to do against Iowa. Yeah. The outfielders are going to pitch, and the pitchers are going to play outfield. We're, we're trying this new thing. Yeah, my, my my spider sense told me that it was going to be nothing at all interesting in that post game last night, and it appears that that was the uh, that that, yeah. that that was the case. Uh, so Austin Simmons did look really good again. He is one talented son of a gun. I don't know what they're going to do with him. It becomes more of a story the better he is every single week because I have no idea how to handle his availability or his pitch count. But 
he was he was excellent last night against Murray against Missouri State. So just throwing that out there. I don't Man, know. I tell you what, I, I know the dream is to be a quarterback. I get it. He throws that song up on the left side though. Like it's you see the kind of money that these cats are getting to throw with your left hand at the big league level. Mm -hmm. He's good. There's no no outside linebacker trying to decleat you. It'd be tempting. Because yeah. that thing comes out of his hand really, really nice. The football, the football does too, but it does. It does. There's no question about it. Again, it's not my decision to make. I I would never weigh in on that. I'm just saying, God, it would be if I if I could stand on a pitcher's mound and make make the ball do what he can do with as little time spending on it as he is, be tempting. I made a post about it on the board last night. I did the thing that I hate that people do, which is I read a story without noticing who wrote it, and I read that USA Today column on Caitlin Clark yesterday and so Pete Maravich, and I got to the bottom and I went, oh, wow, yeah, I completely agree. And I scrolled up, and it was Dan Wolken, and I went, what the hell? Like, it, th there is no worse feeling than somebody you do not agree with going, oh, my God, we are on the same wavelength to what I'm questioning myself now on this take. Yeah, you know. Completely agreed with him. Sometimes people are like, do you and Chase ever get mad at each other and mm -hmm. stuff? Like, yesterday, I was kind of mad at you. I was, you did that. I was like, oh, don't. Yeah. Uh -huh. Don't. Because then I was like, okay, well. Now I kind of feel like I need to read it because he's probably going to want to talk about it. And so I did the 8,000 commercials that popped up. And yeah. And by the end, I was like, yeah, he, he's right. Yeah. I mean, I kept just wanting to find something, but he's right. He, he did. There's a word or two I would change, but like outside of that, I was like, okay. He took his one shot early about, you know, most of the people who don't like women's basketball are men. And it's like, no, 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 that's not it, Dan. I know this is hard for you. Yeah. Women's basketball's issue actually is they've had a hard time getting women to watch. That has actually been their issue. Yes. The people don't watch it because it's boring. But you're right. People watch her, not because we've been shamed into watching her. Yes. We watch her because she's fun to watch. She's interesting. I mean, I, I said that on a Sunday and I, I realize I'm not the best target demo because I mean to, to point this out because I'm, I'm I lead a pretty boring existence sometimes. But I watched almost an entire Iowa Nebraska women's basketball game, and when it was over, and you'd said give me rate of entertainment from one to ten, mm -hmm. I would have said oh solid eight. I did the same thing. I watched the same game. I complimented the way Fox put a couple different graphics on mm -hmm. the screen to keep us updated with things. Yeah. Like I was great. I just kind of took it in, got the whole deal. Yeah. Um, no, he was hundred percent right. We're not shamed. We just enjoy it. And we're watching mm -hmm. because we enjoy it. And yeah. then two, comparing Caitlin Clark to Pete Maravich is one of the dumber things in the history of, of, of athletics in any way. It's like Pete Maravich played 83 games with no three-point line. And that does not take away that Caitlin Clark didn't beat his record. Of course. This is a different but, era. It's like comparing Shohei Otani to Babe Ruth. But we're going to do that. And 50 more points is going to be the supreme scorer in college basketball. And it's like, oh, oh okay. Let it just be what it we're is. We're going to get pissed off at you. And when we get pissed off at you, you're going to act like we're pissed off at Caitlin Clark. And we're not. We're mad at you. No. no I'm, I'm a... I'm, I'll admit it. I'm a Caitlin Clark fan. Caitlin yeah. Clark might actually get me to watch an, a WNBA game. Yeah. 
And if you told me today, hey, what are the odds of you watching a WNBA game this year? I'd say 0.000%. Mm -hmm. I mean, I can watch Suits. It's I'm still on season five. Why would I watch that? Um, but if she's playing, sure, I'm kind of curious. I don't, you know, um, yeah, she's she's the best thing to happen to that sport in a long time. And and you know, the LSU team when they play, I'm, I'm intrigued. There's drama there, you know. I mean, it's kind of they're like they're they're, they're sort of like watching a soap opera on the court a little bit. It's kind of interesting, you know. So you've got to give me something. But Caitlin Clark's fun. I mean, everyone's trying to stop her. And she literally, once she crosses half court, she might shoot it. Her teammates seem to like her. Um, she's fun. She seems like a, a neat person. And it's 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 a great again, if she can make people like you and me watch a game of theirs on a Sunday afternoon against Nebraska, they're on to something. I was reading a story a couple of days ago about how much I was having to spend and do to have extra security for her everywhere they go, that it's gotten to that point where they're having to, to up security levels in different ways. Not like in even a, like a bad way, but it just things can happen when people get around her to the point that they are getting around her. And no, look, the women's basketball tournament, we said that last year, it was more in some ways more compelling than the men's tournament for probably the first time ever. They they need a couple things though, because South Carolina is this juggernaut, this Alabama type methodical beast over here that's the best team in the country. You've got LSU that's the defending national champion with all the soap opera, and then you got Iowa. You need all those teams to hang around and be good. And I it's what it's what worries not the right word, but when I'm examining it, I'm a little concerned about Iowa getting to the Final Four because they just don't have much around her. They're not as good as last year. They don't have that post player that gave her some stability right there. I mean, they – I don't think there's enough parity in the sport yet for them to lose before the Sweet 16, but it's it, 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 they could run into some issues before that third weekend. So, Yeah, I know if you're told the women's college basketball people, hey, draw it up, they're going to get South Carolina, Iowa, LSU. LSU and, and anybody South else, whatever. Somebody. Yeah, all, yeah. all there at one time but i don't know she's she's a fun story and you know she was a fun story last year what i dread is the but they'll do it because the people in that sport are so weird about this kind of thing they want to vilify her instead of embrace her and so when when they knock iowa out it's going to be all oh, y'all talked about nothing but caitlin clark and look at us it's like yeah, yeah she doesn't the, have a title, and it's like okay. the reason that people are watching you at all right now is because she was there. You should be thankful she was there because she captivated an audience. Yeah, they're not going to win the national championship. Is she and as yet, good of a basketball player as Pete Maravich was? Of course not. But that's not the that. Number one, who was, and number two, okay, why why do we feel so? I don't. I've never really understood that. The why do we feel so compelled to compare? Why can't we just enjoy? what something is. Let me well, ask. Babe, Ruth, Babe Ruth wouldn't have done that now. I'm like, okay, well, you don't know that. And 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 Babe, Babe Ruth is gone, so he, he doesn't have the opportunity to prove you wrong. Why are we doing that? Well, I mean, Wolken, again, had the best comparison in the history of the world, which was Djokovic versus Margaret Court. Yeah. When Margaret Court played a different sport against non-professionals. And yet we still <laughs> go 24, 24. Well, okay. And yeah, and, and, and it's mean, not her, it's not Margaret Court's fault, right? She she couldn't time travel and say, Well, I'm gonna go play against no. Serena Williams. You know, I mean that that wasn't an option for her. 
at the time. That that wasn't on the menu when she went, you know, to Outback back in the day. You know, that wasn't that wasn't available to her. You know, it's like Bob Cousy didn't have the opportunity to time travel and go up against mm-hmm. current NBA. He didn't get to play against Magic and 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 Jordan. You just you you can't do the era thing. Just enjoy. But that's what do they call it in political discourse? They call it presentism. We we do a lot of that. Mm-hmm. We we judge we judge people on the current era, even though they lived hundreds of years ago in a completely different era, which is absurd. Yeah. Has has any geek, and I say geek in the best possible way, gone back and figured out how many points Maravich would have had there been a three point line? Like I'm where sure he took some, shots and things. I'm sure someone has, but <laughs> you know, back when he played, freshman didn't play. He played yeah. on the LSU freshman team. Like I said, I think he only played eighty something games. Yeah, I think that's right. I he remember forty four point three, I think, per with no I, three point line. I remember him as a pro. He was yeah. he was something. He was he yeah. was great. But again, that's my theory is, and I, I think I'm right, is I think greatness just sort transcends of transcends eras. Transcends. Yeah. I mean, Pete Sampras is great. He would have been great. Roger Federer, figured it out. Roger Federer was great. He'd be great in an, in this era. He'd been great in the old era. Bjorn Borg, John McEnroe, they're, they're great. Greatness. Lou Gehrig would have been great today. Yeah. John Havlicek would be great today. Mm-hmm. Just, that's just, you know. Dan Marino would be great today, even though he wasn't a running quarterback. He'd still he'd still be awesome. Yeah, in today's rules, he'd be chucking it around. I mean, yeah, just, you know, and just and in an in an, another era, you know, like you could take Patrick Mahomes and put him in the fifties when the quarterbacks could get killed and he'd have figured it out. Yeah. Greatness. I just think greatness transcends eras. Oh, Miss Missouri, 7.30 on Saturday evening again from uh, Columbia. The Rebels uh, closing out the regular season. Three more to go at Missouri, at Georgia, and then uh, Texas A&M at home on March 8th or 9th, whichever day that is a uh, a Saturday. Rebels in Iowa. Uh, by the way, 6.30 starts on Friday now. When, it, when the calendar turns to March, the uh, start times go from 4 to 6.30. So 6.30 on Friday evening against the Hawkeyes who are supposed to have a good pitching staff, but they got beat around in uh, Jacksonville over the weekend. They are 4-4. Four and four. I think they have a loss to Lehigh on the resume, too, at this point. So uh, two teams still trying to find itself a bit between Iowa and Ole Miss here uh, this week. It's a big day for me. I mean, I've got an Iowa baseball cap. I could kind of I could just walk around town the next couple of days with my Iowa baseball cap. and People would like, yeah, talk to you, speak to you. Yeah, people would yeah. be like, hey, welcome to Oxford, right? Yeah, yeah. all that stuff. Welcome. So we'll be back uh, on Monday with another edition of the show. Take care. Stay safe. We'll talk to you then. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. 
Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.